As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 1. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. 2. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. 3. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-369. 5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,500 first bet offer today. Wednesday on the Just Baseball Show, November 29th. Jack Peter, National League Central with a hint of Sonny Gray joining the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, We're going to start with Sonny and then we're going to work top down in terms of projected wins. If you haven't listened to the National League East episode, premise is this. We're going to revisit the win total over under set by BetMGM at the beginning of the season. We did that, I want to say, two, three days before the season began. We made picks. I've got who was on each side of the set over under total and uh, why that team went over or under. Before all that, it's the offseason. But we're still brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JustBaseball. Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,500 back. $1,500 in bonus bets if it loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older and terms and conditions apply. Jack, it's a great day to talk about the National League Central, the best division in sports. Is it your birthday? No, December 3rd. December 3rd. Okay, but you're going back to California on the 1st. Yes, going no, going back to Denver, a couple days with my friends from home, a little skiing. I've actually never skied or snowboarded before, so I'll be on the slopes, first time. But again, all the Just Baseball Show listeners know this. I'm an athlete, so it's going to come relatively easy, I think. Hopefully, I just text myself and I'm going to break my arm. You texted again about (laughs) the baseball pipe dreams this morning. And I'm telling you, I hear it so often. I think you truly believe it. And at some point, we're going to have an intervention. And you know what's fucked up? I do, I do believe it. Like there is still a part of me that it's like, if I get fully healthy, like I think I could get in a bullpen somewhere. Peter, look at me. Your chances of being a major league baseball player are done. See, you're not optimistic, right? <laughs> like I'm 26 years old, about to be. You How old's Adley? You got How old's Adley? Like I don't think we can count it out till I'm at least 35. So, so I got about like nine years of athletic prime. And I was just telling you before we press the record button, hit the gym for the first time since March, I was a weak little boy. No I shot you did weak. cardio though, right? Oh no. Got started right on the treadmill. 30 minutes, 10 incline, four miles an hour, walking uphill, get the legs engaged, get a little sweat on, go bench. An embarrassingly amount of weight is on the bench. 
just get through it. I was an athlete out there and I was really proud of myself. First day back in the gym in a long time is always chest. It's minus 400 that it's going to I don't even know what else to lift. So you were born December 3rd, 97? Yes. Adley was February 6th, 98. You're older than Adley Rutschman. Does that ruin your narrative? No, because I'm obviously more wise than him uh, at the game. Sure. Right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. I saw that you and your girlfriend went to a nice uh, went to a nice dinner, and I was like, "That looks really good." So I I googled the restaurant. Just letting you know, I googled the restaurant. A five like Japanese barbecue, like dude, that looks food. so good. And their whole their whole branding is minimalist dinner. So you order some sides, but really you just go, you get a whole bunch of different types of A five wagyu cuts. And you grill them at the table yourself. It's it's Japanese barbecue. Best restaurant I've been to in New York City. So for her birthday, we went to a Michelin star omakase restaurant. Okay. Unbelievable. And then she won up to me. I thought she did. She liked the omakase place better. She's a sushi person. I love Korean barbecue. Went to this place. They bring out the sides and they have like 12 different cuts of A5 Wagyu, which is the best steak that you can have. Yeah. It's melting in your mouth. You know, they got chuck they got short rib they got you know sirloin they have ribeye everything that you could possibly imagine unbelievable dinner like and i've said this before if if baseball if i start pushing out some horrific takes and people are like this podcast stinks yeah i might transition over to cooking i love already do that by the way (laughs) love food yeah well we're holding on by a thread here I will say, um, all right. So you, you're you're a meat guy. You love meat, and then your girlfriend is I just more love of a, good food. I love gotcha. good food, and your girlfriend is more of a sushi seafood type person. Absolutely. Best best dining experience I've ever had was uh, my girlfriend and I did an anniversary dinner at Momotaro in Chicago, which is Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, it was ridiculous, and I've got a buddy that was uh, a chef there, and we got a complimentary grilled octopus. That was like the best thing I've ever put in my system. So Momotaro, if you're in Chicago and uh, the two spots that Peter's talking about, if you're in New York City, but Sonny Gray's a St. Louis Cardinal. We were thinking maybe he was going to Atlanta. We were thinking maybe he was going to Chicago, but instead he's in St. Louis and he rounds out a rotation of five mid 30 year olds. And I, I saw a very funny tweet. I'm I'm blanking on the guy's name. I think it was, Matt Williams, I'll pull it up right now, but um, there was an account that lifted the Fox graphic of that rotation and the age, and the caption was, who's stopping this rotation? And this guy replied and said, a gentle breeze. (laughs) It's like, that's hilarious. They're all mid-30s, I will say, yes. But you had an interesting take on it, which I was a fan of because innings and quality starts are invaluable to any organization. And you know, you've been listening to me blab about Sonny Gray all year long. This guy had this career renaissance that I was drunk on this year. So I'm excited to see him running back. Absolutely. First off, how about it, Cardinals fans? Okay. Okay. How many times have I come on this show and ripped you guys to shreds? And I was right. 71 wins, just awful. No pitching, no innings. Miles Michaelis is your leader in innings, 200 plus. Awesome. Was he very good? Not particularly. Jordan Montgomery, second in innings. Where is he winning a World Series on the Texas Rangers? It was a lost season. You go into this offseason and you tell your general manager, we need way more. And what does he do? Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn. And you sit there and you're thinking to yourself, oh no, are we doing it again? But here comes Sonny Gray. Three years, 75 million. On Monday's episode, you and Aram were talking about it. And Aram thought, might go to four years. Might go 95. And you had a good prediction. You were like three years, 65. And, but the fact is that when Aram said that, you were like, I could see it, right? We all love Sonny Gray. Right. We were talking to him at the golf tournament, him getting into the numbers, becoming a more, I guess, mature version of himself, which was already an uber talented guy. But figuring figuring out what he's best at talked about in the playoffs when he was on the mound. I was on twins money line because I'm like, when he's at home, there's few pitchers in the game that can go head to head with him. 
And he pitched really well outside of one game against the Astros where they hit a bunch of home runs and the Astros are the Astros. But other than that, I keep hearing, oh, he's like kind of a two. When Sonny Gray is on, he is an ace. Let's get that straight out of the way. Now, is he going to be an ace all season? Is he going to win this Cy Young? Probably not. But is he a guy that you can go in every fifth day and say, we have Sonny Gray on the mound, we can win every day? Absolutely, you can. So when they signed Sonny Gray, the reason I made this video was all I saw was hate. Hate, hate, hate. Boring. Gust of wind could blow these guys off. A 90 OPS guy, 90 OPS plus guy could hit the shit out of these guys. The rotation isn't any better. And I was like, wait a minute. Because sometimes narratives on the internet go crazy, right? Someone makes fun of it, and then everybody starts to believe. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What was the Cardinals' issue last year? It was that there was a lot of guys who were banged up, a lot of guys going four innings, a lot of guys going five innings, was not productive. And then the bullpen, while talented, was getting consistently ran into the ground, day in, day out. And no wonder they were starting to struggle, right? It has nothing to do with the lack of talent. It has to do with, all right, I'm throwing my seventh inning in six days, and my velocity is down three miles an hour because my arm is dead. That's what I saw when I saw Cardinals baseball. So it was like, wait a minute, Lance Lynn, you could say whatever you want about him last year. The Dodgers are not stupid, right? He was not getting traded for by a way lesser team. The Dodgers are the Dodgers, right? We talk about trusting good teams. They saw something, home run issues. What happened to Garrett Cole the year before and then the year after? Home run issues stopped. If you can keep the ball in the yard with Lance Lynn, he could be an effective pitcher, right? He didn't keep the ball in the yard against Arizona, and that's what happens to Lance Lynn. I don't think he's as bad as those numbers would say, and the peripherals would agree with me. Kyle Gibson, I'm sick of making fun of this guy, Jack. 4-1-2 FIP last year, 193 innings, 17 quality starts. 193 innings. If this guy can give you 180 at a mid-4s ERA, like the average ERA in Major League Baseball is a 4-3, right? So if he can keep you in ball games. We know how good the offense is. We know how good the defense is. And now everybody's bringing up numbers. Well, they were terrible defensively last year. No, a couple guys were. It was a new team. You knew the drop-off between Contreras and Yachty. You knew that you were moving Jordan Walker from third to left. You knew all of these things. But they still got Donovan. They still got Edmund. They still got Arenado. They still got Goldschmidt. They still got guys who can fly all over the outfield. I'm not worried about the defense. And the offense, it was a shit year, right? When you're losing 8-1, to one, are you locked into ABs? Probably not. It's a shit year, but we know how talented they are. So you get guys that can keep them in games. So what they did when they added these three guys, Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, they as a team, they had 48 quality starts last year. They just added 47 from last season. What did they do in all those quality starts, those 48? They won a lot of them, right? Because if you get the Cardinals six innings, three runs, they're probably going to score four. The problem is those guys were going four innings, five runs, five innings, four runs. That's when they were losing games. That's when it would be these one-run games. That's when they would lose because their bullpen was already depleted. And they still have the pieces to trade for a glass now, to trade for a cease. They won't sign Yamamoto because we know the Cardinals. Like, I want them to do it. Probably not going to do it. But they still have the assets to trade. And even if they don't add another starter, they're in a way better position than they were last year, and it ain't close. I think they are going to add another starter. Um, I don't know what the market is going to look like after you know a couple of the perfect fits fall in. Like I think Dylan Cease is going to be an Atlanta Brave in the next couple of days. I really do believe that. Yeah. Um, the They're guys getting a starter. They're getting a starter. It's just who? Yeah, the, the guys that are available, starting pitchers on the trade market. It seems to be Cease. Glass now, Shane Bieber, and probably Corbin Burns. Those are the four big names on the starting pitcher market. I've floated Sandy in our uh, no. just Facebook chat just to get what? he's hurt. Upset. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's... what about Sandy, right, guys? Like, let's he, blow it up just to piss hurt. off. How about Garrett Cole? Why not Garrett <laughs> no, why Cole? Not? If you need space for Yamamoto, why don't you just trade Garrett? I was expected someone to just say Garrett Cole just to get me fired up. That's the yeah. offseason, right? We're just getting each other fired up. Like, have you seen MLB Network's trade proposals? 
Oh, the Mets one was weird. Who was the Mets? It was Mets Blue Jays. It was Vladdy and Manoa for Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil. Yeah, we're just making shit up right now. We got to stop doing that. (laughs) We got to stop. We got to stop. Um, Yeah, bizarre, man. But no, I I think Sonny is the perfect fit in that Cardinals rotation. And it just gives them reliability. And I, I think the reason that Lynn cost as much as he did for the Dodgers who gave up a, a future big league starter in Nick Nostrini, it seems, and a future big league bullpen arm, maybe a setup guy in Jordan Leisure, at least it seems like they're there. The, the reason it cost the Dodgers so much is because they knew that they were going to get 12 starts after that or 10 starts, exactly. however many he made. And, and there's something to be said about those guys starting games, because what did the Cardinals have to suffer through last year? They had to suffer through an ERA over seven for Adam Wainwright. They had to deal with, the downs of Matthew Liberator. There weren't really ups of Matthew Liberator. There were ups Larry. at the beginning of the year in AAA. Dakota Hudson, there weren't many ups there. Zach there was Thompson a couple was... at the end. There was sure. a couple at the end. Sure. Not really, but kind of. Zach Thompson was a decent hybrid, but he was way better in the bullpen than he was in the starting rotation. So there were just so many weird nights where it's like, hey, how are we going to get through nine? And now we don't have the question. I'm not saying that it's a carbon copy of what Texas did. But remember how we came into the year with the Texas Rangers? It was the huge name up front in DeGrom. And Texas went about it in a different way. They spent on it. um, And and they spent for multi-year deals. They gave Heaney a multi-year deal. They gave Yavaldi a multi-year deal. They gave John Gray a multi-year deal before that. Now it's a pair of one-year deals, a three-year deal with a club option for a fourth for Sonny Gray, and they may do it with a big trade. But the Cardinals could come in with a similar narrative to what Texas had in their starting rotation this year, which was elite guy up front. We know glass now is not DeGrom, but glass now cease burns. Like they can put together a similar value season to what the Rangers got with DeGrom. And they want it in spite of DeGrom's absence. After that, Sonny Gray and Evaldi, they're kind of hand in hand. Yep. And then you have reliability at the end. You have six starters that that you know you can bank on all six pitching at least a hundred innings. And assuming full health, you know, like I think that they're in a really good spot here. And the offense, people forget that the offense, yeah, it wasn't as good as we thought, but it wasn't terrible. Like Arenado still had a 780 OPS. Wilson Contreras still had an 820 OPS, I want to say. Yeah. So it was it was better than you would expect, but I, I thought the sunny fit in St. Louis was a plus. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's not just because Sonny Gray is a good pitcher. Good job, Cardinals. Sonny Gray is a great fit in St. Louis, right? What is Sonny Gray best at? Keeping the ball in the yard. Sonny Gray wants his defense to work for him. And what do the Cardinals do? Defense. And I was getting in fights on the freaking internet about the Cardinals. Stop defense. doing that. <laughs> I should stop because there's no way to prove to people who tell me the Cardinals had this many defensive runs saved in the negative. They're not good now. And my response is, if you don't think the Cardinals are a good defensive team, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you because what do we say on the show all the time? Defensive stats are wonky. There's context to all of it, right? They go up and down. Guys go from horrible defenders to winning gold gloves. And you're like, what? Defensive metrics like them this year. It goes up and down. I know the Cardinals are sound defensively. And they got a guy who isn't an 11K per nine guy, isn't a 35% K rate guy, is a guy who will get the ground ball, will get the lazy fly ball. And I know that the Cardinals can defend that. He can give you innings, right? 17 quality starts for him, 180 innings this season. And when we were talking to him, seems healthy, seems ready, wants to make an impact with another team. This is a guy who's been on multiple teams and done well for all of them, except the Yankees who tried to change him. I don't think the Cardinals are going to go in and try and change him. No, and speaking about the... Go ahead. And he, he said he wanted to be in St. Louis. And I don't know how much of that is like coach speak or anything, um, but I bet he did. That means something. That means something. St. Louis. 
But I understand, too, that there's a subsection of Cardinals fans, you know, on the Internet. I'm sure there's listening who say, yeah, we're going to be better in the regular season, Peter. I get that. But we want to win a ring. And that's what I said. Let him cook. Right? We ain't even at the winter meetings yet. I was at the winter meetings last year. A lot of shit gets done. So what you have done before the winter meetings have started, before most teams have done anything, you have three more pitchers than you did last year. Are they the sexiest names in the world? No. But they help you put your bet on the pillow at night and say, we are way better than we were last year. Already in the winter meetings haven't started. Right? Yeah. We don't know what they're going to do. Maybe is the Mosellock and company, are they so sick of it? Are they so sick of hearing from all of you who are right, not wrong, you are I right, so. that you have to add. They added three. What are we going to say when they trade for a glass now, trade for a cease, trade for a Burns? I'm getting my hopes back up, which could hurt. But for some reason, I root for this team. I yeah. just like the Cardinals. They've I done like a great the way they base. play baseball. I love the fan, love the fan base. I just like them, and I want them to do well. Yeah. And I'm excited, and I think they can make the big move here. We'll see where the chips fall. Last quick thing before we dive into the win totals. Andy Martino at SNY um, said the Yankees did not issue a number 18 last year, so it would remain available for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Whoever gives him the most money is going to get Yamamoto. I mean, that, that's just that's... a stupid story coming out of New York media that I hear every winter about something dumb that never ends up happening. Like, the Yankees, they're not going to get Yamamoto. They're not. I, you, so... They already said to his agent, to Joel Wolf, you think if the same offer is on the table for Yamamoto as six other teams, he's going to go to the Yankees? No shot. If they do, then they way overpay stupid. the market. Well, yes, but if they do... This report is stupid because why would you save a jersey number for somebody that is not even in your picture this past year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they don't, I, I don't even him, think it's accurate. I, I, I would venture to say it's not accurate. I, like, I think no this way. is just like happenstance. Like, hey, yeah. we had no number eighteen, so we can fake it and say we were saving it for Yamamoto. Cool story. There had but to yeah, be I some agree. sarcasm there, and Martino's like, "That's real report." And if there, and if it's a hundred percent true, because it might be. It's who stupid. It's who cares? Stupid. It doesn't matter. Like, who, who cares? You think he's going to choose somewhere? You think he's going to take $10 million extra dollars or his number? I don't know. Guys value their number. Have you ever heard the uh, Jimmy Clausen, Cam Newton number story? No, but vaguely. He said I know this, that there was a thing, but I don't know the story. I don't remember where he said it. It was... I don't think it was a podcast. I think he was just like in the car and like out of vlogging or some shit. But Cam Newton told a story about Newton wanting the number two because he wore number two at Auburn. And when he got drafted, he was like, hey, Jimmy, can I have number two? And Clausen was like, I'll give it to you for a million bucks. <laughs> Newton was like, absolutely fucking not. It's a jersey number. So that's and what I'm saying. Cam Newton, the quarterback of the team, wouldn't take his jersey for one million. You think if another team offers him 10 right. million more, he's going to give a shit about right. a jersey. And then what and, if that other team is like, we also have 18. We didn't have to make a New York Times story about it because who cares? We have it. Do you want it? He's like, yeah, of course I do. But who then, cares? But then Clausen. Clausen was like, let me get back to you. I talked to my people. I'll give it to you for 500K. And yeah. Cam Newton was like, get out of my face. And he said, I wanted that to be the last time people heard about Jimmy Clausen. <laughs> and it worked. Like was, Clausen yeah. Sucked. It was the last time people heard about Jimmy Clausen. Uh, okay, let's jump into the win totals here. We'll start with St. Louis. I had the over 89 and a half. Arm had the over 89 and a half. But shout out Peter Apple, who, by the way, had the worst record in the NL East. But you're I, the only one with the under 89 and a half. I was, so I listened back to the episode and I texted you guys, great show afterwards. And I was just so ashamed. I'm listening to it at the gym. I was like, did I go one for five? Or like, I think I, I had think the you went over. I think that that's the only it. one I got right. Might have been it. But you got St. Louis, right? You had under 89 and a half. They finished with 71. So that's 16 lower than expected. Or that's 18 lower than expected. Math is hard. Um, I thought they were going to go over because I thought the rest of the division was going to be stinky. Not the case. Rest of the division was actually really solid. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the offense, I guess, slightly underperformed. My big thing was I just thought the pitching was going to be better than one of the worst stabs in baseball. 
So why do you feel like they went under if you were to, and, and we just talked a lot about it, but if you had to kind of put it into words in one or two sentences, why did they go under? Before I say that, I just want to say that I am so ashamed of myself that I picked the Mets to go over 92 and a half. That is so not what I should be doing. Like <laughs> I know myself. Why the fuck did I go over on the New York Mets after they signed all these big time free agents? Of course they were going under, but that's for another time. The Cardinals, you can't say why they went from 89 and a half wins to 71 and 91 in a couple of sentences. But if I had to sum it up, I would say the pitching, the starting pitching, way underperformed. And when the games got close, they didn't win. That's how I would summarize it in a couple of sentences. On Reddit, they put out standings that if all one-run games were flipped, what would the team's record be? And one of the teams that would have gained a lot more wins, like you go around the league, and this team, the Cardinals, right? I'm looking in the National League right now. They were second worst in one-run games. Um, They would have ranked third overall in Major League Baseball. So if those one-run games were flipped, the Cardinals go from 71 and 91 to 80 and 82. So there was some bad luck in there. And I watched a lot of Cardinals baseball this year. And I'm not going to say it was fully bad luck because there were a lot of times where these infielders made errors. I remember specifically, 4-2 to two game. They're facing the San Francisco Giants. I have Cardinals money line. And what does Mike Yastrzemski do? Bottom of the ninth, two outs, two strikes. Home run to right field. And the Giants ended up winning that game. Bullpen blew up when they couldn't blow up. Starting pitching when it was close, the blow-up inning. The offense was very streaky. Hit or miss. They looked great at points. They looked dreadful at points. So in one word, how I would view the Cardinals, inconsistent. Looked good at times, looked worse at times. And when it was neck and neck, they basically lost all of those neck and neck games. So the Cardinals are a team that I want to buy next year. Positive regression, right? We talk about it all the time. The Marlins were a team that was losing a bunch of one-run games in 2022. What do they do? They win a bunch in 2023. What are they probably going to do in 2024? Probably lose a lot of those. Cardinals just had one of those years. Yeah. And it stinks, too, because they they do have so much talent, but the managing was obviously subpar. The starting pitching was terrible. The bullpen was ran through the ground, and not having Ryan Helsley for an extended period of time certainly hurts. 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 And the offense was just way too streaky. Yeah. And trading Jamon wasn't good for this number at the tail end. Like it, there were just a lot of things that went into it. And they did a nice job selling off the rental pieces. Um, I like that they really didn't blow it up fully. We'll see what happens with Carlson and O'Neill this offseason. I think that those two are going to be interesting to monitor because I may just wake up one day and Carlson's on the move. And, and I guess I'll be a little surprised, but. You're, you're almost running out of space for a Dylan Carlson and a Tyler O'Neill. We shall see. And you have Mason Wynn coming up too, right? What are they going to do in the middle infield? Um, Probably Donovan is the odd man out because Gorman can DH, right? I mean, Donovan shouldn't be the odd man out, right? Maybe Edmund moves to the outfield, but he's so good defensively. Maybe Donovan moves to the outfield. You got a lot of pieces to work around, but that's the thing. You have so many pieces, so you can trade these. For a glass now, for a cease, for a burns, for a whoever, and get that top of the rotation ace because you have all these offensive pieces with more coming up the pipeline, and you have tradable assets on the mound as well, right? They have Jerpy, they have Graceffo, they have Pete Hansen, they have all these guys who we remember from college baseball who are all dominant, and now we're all sitting in the Cardinals farm system. But they're not all great arms, but they are tradable assets too. So the Cardinals can do a lot here. Yeah. You're, you're uh, kind of giving me the not so much. No, I mean, they're they're all tweeners. Like, you know, you give me four sides. Like, I'm not really amped about dinner. You know what I mean? Like, there needs to be a steak here. 
Uh, I think I like Brendan, that. <laughs> like, That's good. hey, you go to a steakhouse and it's like, oh, I got Brussels sprouts and cornbread and, you know, mac and cheese. and Not this Korean barbecue place. The sides were excellent. Okay, but like you went for the Wagyu. Did you not? I don't know. The salad was great. I need a little piece of Wagyu, man. That's <laughs> all I need. Yeah. So I think Brendan Donovan would look great in a Tampa Bay Rays uniform. And I think Donovan and other prospects in return for Tyler Glass now would be fantastic. For yeah, them. the Rays need, Rays need a shortstop. Yeah, so maybe it's Edmund or maybe it's, I, shit, maybe it's Win. <laughs> I, I don't Wynn. think it's Win. Maybe it's Win. I don't think it's Win. I don't think it is either, but like, why not? Edmund. It. Go get him. <laughs> Milwaukee, 85 and a half. Peter lost. He had the under 85 and a half. Arm and I had the over 85 and a half. They won 92 games. They were benefited from St. Louis being as bad as they were. But Milwaukee, everything broke really well for them. William Contreras took a massive leap forward. Christian Yelich found it again. Willie Adamas was... <laughs> Um, but I mean, like Freddie Peralta was good. Freddie Peralta was consistent. Devin Williams was probably the second best closer in baseball behind Bautista. There were enough good things going on and the Brewers kind of captured that magic and turned it into a, a season that was six wins better than anticipated, seven wins better than anticipated. Why do you feel like Milwaukee went over? Yeah, I remember that episode and, um, I said that feels like a good line. I'm slightly under. And the reason I was slightly under was outside of Devin Williams, do I believe in some of these guys? Obviously, I like Burns. I like Woodruff. I love Freddie. I love the front three, but contract negotiation stuff with Burns, I was like, how well is he going to pitch? Woodruff, injury concerns. We love Freddie, but after them, what is it going to look like? How good is Yelich going to be? Right, this offense I thought was lackluster, but they played really, really good defense. Something went underrated about the Milwaukee Brewers, their outfield defense, the contributions from rookies like Sal Freelich, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer, and then of course behind the plate, William Contreras goes from can he play catcher to arguably the best defensive catcher. The Brewers catching lab strikes again. Yelich stays healthy all year is excellent. Willie Adames is good as well. They get contributions from guys like Wade Miley in the back of the rotation, and then the bullpen. Joel Piamps, Abner Uribe, so many other names that I could go through to get them to Devin Williams, who is absolutely locked down. But the Brewers were the opposite of the St. Louis Cardinals. One-run games, if we flip those, the Brewers go 81 and 81. And I'm not trying to tear down the Brewers because of that. There was a reason they were winning a lot of one-run games. Some of it was luck, but some of it was when it's 4-3 in the sixth, the Brewers were winning those games because Uribe would come in and it was, all right, let's get ready for bed. Piamps came in and said, I'm going to read you a bedtime story. And then Devin Williams comes in and shuts the lights off. Yeah. So there was a reason they were winning those one-run games but some of it was luck. So that's why I said 85 and a half felt like the right line, right? If they go 500 in those one run games, right? They don't lose all of them. They don't win all of them. They're an 85 win team, but they won a lot of them and that's credit to them, but they got a lot of contributions from the younger guys. The rotation held up. Woodruff came back and looked like God. I mean, he is just unbelievably good. Burns didn't even have that great of a year. He still had a good year. He didn't have the prohibitive Cy Young type year. Freddie was great, right? And I was just so impressed with the bullpen and the defense. And obviously, Craig Council does it again, right? You got a good manager like that. It's like in the NFL, right? Some of these great head coaches just drag these lifeless rosters to positive years. That's what Council, it felt like he did this year. That's why you give credit million to million dollar man. But then they kind of showed their colors in the playoffs, right? Of course, they lose to the team that went to the World Series, but they got kind of fucked on by that team. Yeah, they got. The Brewers are a team that I am probably going to fade next year. Um, but that doesn't take away anything from this season, right? You win 92 games after an after a, not an offseason, but a trade deadline where you trade Hater 
Looks like everything's kind of crumbling. The classic Brewers Instagram post from the GM where it's like, hey, guys, I know we traded all of our good players, but we got a plan. And then just Brewers Nation just destroyed it with the comments. I thought they were toast, but they weren't. And that's a testament to the Brewers. They continually outperform expectations, but I will be fading them next year. Yeah, so I just wonder what the rotation is going to look like because, well, Woodruff was non-tendered. Um, the lineup, I, I feel confident in there being some continuity there. William Contreras is going to be the catcher. Rowdy's not at first. He got non-tendered. Who's going to play first base? Question remains to be seen. Uh, Terang at second. Don't feel great about Adamus at short. Adamus is a trade candidate. You had Brian Anderson and Monasterio kind of sharing third base. I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah, I like Monasterio. I think he's kind of good. Yeah, but like him as an everyday guy or like him as a bench bat? I like him as a bench bat. Yeah, I mean, context is important, I guess. Yeah. But I like him. Okay. I am going to leave it at that. Yelich is staying, um, and then some assortment of Weimer, Freelich, and a healthy Garrett Mitchell will be fun in the outfield. But the rotation is Burns on the team next year. Peralta, but after that, man, like they were running out Colin Ray and Wade Miley and Adrian Hauser, and it's just, it's going to be a weird one, I think. So I'll reserve my thought on the 2024 Milwaukee Brewers until I have a better idea of what that starting rotation is going to look like. Fair enough. Was there anything I missed when I was going over the Brewers that you felt that needs more shine or you thought that I was too high on one side where you think, eh? I don't think so. Shout out Christian Yelich. I there's nothing better than a good Christian Yelich. Love Christian Yelich. I'll love him till the day I die. Yeah. For my serotonin levels, there's nothing better than watching Christian Yelich be good at baseball. Yeah, him and Belly that year just made me kind of root for them forever. But I was down on Belly, and we're gonna talk about the Cubs in a minute. Belly and the Cubs in a moment, but first a quick break. The Cubs win total at BetMGM coming into the year was set at 77 and a half. Peter, myself, and Aram all went under, and guess what the Cubs did? They exceeded it by six. They were an 83-win team. Man, we're eating shit. I'll tell you why. Can we go over my record real quick? I think I'm two and eight. Are like, you I think I'm like, I mean, I am just swinging and missing at these. Do I even yeah, know ball? You're two and six. I Yeah, we've okay. gone through eight. You're two and six. Okay. I think I'm doing pretty well. I think I might I have the best well? record. I'm not I sure. I think you do too. Yeah, I am eating shit right now. So, but, but again, I do remember I had a legacy last year. I was due for regression. Due for regression. I was, I'm the Cardinals. Yes. I'm the Cardinals. And I'm My- signing signing me my thing and i think the reason that all of us went under was because none of us saw cody bellinger's season coming how could you not see it i also think that we knew that steel could be all right or borderline good we didn't expect justin Steele to be great and then i think my biggest prevailing question was is that bullpen going to be good at all and they found a closer in alzali so mm-hmm. If I had to point to three individuals for why this thing did go over, I'll say Cody Bellinger, Justin Steele, and Adbert Alzali. How about throwing in like seven amazing starts in a row by Javier Assad? Yeah, <laughs> that too. I mean, I was always a Dansby guy. A lot of people, you know, in the market, I remember even talking at the GM meetings, a lot of people did not like the Dansby deal. They were like, that is way too much for this guy. We don't know if he's going to keep hitting. We know he's going to be good defensively. I was like, this guy's the hardest worker maybe in Major League Baseball. You don't think he's going to keep improving? And what did he do? Again, another great season for Dansby. We knew how good Nico Horner was, but I didn't think Cody Bellinger would get close to the MVP. I didn't think Justin Steele would be a Cy Young Award finalist. I didn't think that they'd find their closer. I was really worried about the lack of depth in the rotation. But the rotation came through. wasn't amazing, but it was better than what I thought. Didn't like the bullpen. But they found some guys back there. Mark Leiter Jr., Albert Alzali, studs back there. And they hit enough in the big moments. And the Cubs, they could have been better too. 86 and 76 would have been their record if one-run games were flipped. They gained three. They gained three. Overall, this was one of the teams where I felt I was the most wrong about. 
Like I'm wrong on teams and even more wrong on teams in terms of my record predictions. But I felt that the Cubs were the one team so far in the National League, besides the Mets, that I really, really underrated. And I had a lot of fun watching Cubs baseball this year. They were fun. They were exciting. They were in every game. And it stunk that the end of the year happened the way it did because I thought they deserved to get in the playoffs. Um, And if they did, they have a really good front three, right? They could have hang with anybody, but they didn't. But it's all up from here. Great farm system. You got money to spend. You go get Craig Council. I'm excited for the Cubs moving forward. I just didn't think the window opened yet, but it's clear that it opened. They're going to be very active very soon. And I think that there are multiple spots in their lineup and in their rotation that are going to be filled by free agents or trades. I've talked about it on the show. I I did mention the idea of Bichette on Monday. I think Bichette would be a great fit. I think um, Bichette playing third base could. Why the fuck would the Blue Jays trade Bo Bichette? I'm telling do you not remember that end of year mailbag that we did and I put them as a surprise teardown candidate? No, I I just Bachette you're tearing down? Who are you moving? What? Who are you anybody moving? else? I would move anybody else but Bachette. He if is the special. Price is that good. They got to blow them out of the water. If I'm the Blue Jays like I would trade Vladdy over Bachette. I would trade literally anyone. I would trade Tiedemann, the best prospect. I would trade freaking Kevin Gosman ahead of trading Bobachet. That guy is a special hitter. And yeah, he's got a dog shit first baseman picking stuff out of the dirt in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You get him with a good first baseman who will pick some of those, his defensive metrics are going to go up. Now, he's not a good defensive shortstop, but he's not terrible like the numbers would say. At least that's my opinion, right? And he's a special hitter. Special. They can't trade him. They can't do it. But if the Cubs get him, fuck. Yeah. Lineup projection right now. He is so good. Yeah. Lineup projection right now, according to Fangraphs, is is Jan Gomes and Miguel Amaya as the catching tandem. I actually don't think that really needs to change. Jan Gomes had a better year than... And and I'm like, I kind of like Miguel Amaya. Like, I don't think it's bad either. That's a fine catching tandem. It's so boring, but it's like not bad. It's like signing Kyle Gibson. Right, right. Right side of the catching tandem is Mervis and Horner. I think Mervis may change. We'll see. Left side of the infield is Dansby and Nick Madrigal slash Patrick Wisdom. They need a third baseman. If they don't, if they don't get on the trade market, I think Matt Chapman's great. And then the outfield left to right right now is Hap, Talkman, Suzuki. They're going to sign somebody to play center field. I do firmly believe that. I don't think it's going to be Bellinger, but I I think they're going to figure it out via free agency or trade someone to play center field and then the rotation steel tyone hendricks wicks and assad they add a starting pitcher to um probably bumps assad to a hybrid role which i'm fine with what do you think about wicks um i think that jordan wicks can give them a four era over 30 starts if he does make 30 starts i really do think that very good yeah, I think that he can be a five in Major League Baseball. There are Dude, other he's, guys. He's giving you 30 starts at a four ERA. He is way better than a five. Mm, yeah. I mean, a five, he, like he doing that. Yeah, like that's, I'll take that. If I can rely on Wicks and Assad to fill one spot in the rotation. You're golden. Yes, I'm sleeping like a baby. And yeah, that's what I absolutely. think that they're going to do. Yeah. No, uh, is there anything we missed on the Cubs? Like, was there a defining moment? Was there a player that we didn't really talk about? Obviously, I thought Stroman, when healthy, was great. We didn't talk about Morrell. Yeah. Just so streaky. Looked like Sammy Sosa for a month and then looked like just awful for a month. It. He's exciting, though. He's just fun. I like you him. You never know what you're going to get when you go to the ballpark with Christopher Morrell. I want him playing 100 games for my favorite team. I don't want him playing 100%. 160. I want him playing 100 for my favorite 100%. team. 100%. He should just be a guy who it's like, all right, this guy needs an off day. You're playing second. This guy needs an off day. You're playing whatever. Like, he should just be playing around, hitting home runs. Just and when he's hot, he's him. in the lineup. When he's cold, oh, yeah. he's not. Yeah, when, you, when he's hot, you do not take him out of the lineup and you hit him third because he just goes off. Yeah. And when he yeah. stinks, like you don't run him out there every day and he's going to yep. bury himself deeper and deeper. Yep. Uh, two more. Cincinnati, clean sweep on the over. This was so easy. 65 and a half. 
I'm back in the win column, baby. That was easy. Thank God. 65 and a half. They finished with 82 wins. They were above 500. All three of us had the over. Congratulations to us. They went over because of the rookie renaissance, because of the offense, because of Matt freaking McLean. That's the one guy that I want to shout out here. Like, okay, you know, preach the preach the TJ Friedel thing all you want. Preach CES coming up. Preach the, the injection of life from Ellie De La Cruz. How about Andrew Abbott putting together a great start to his career? It starts and stops for me with Matt McLean. This guy was the most important piece of the Cincinnati Reds this year. It's so funny. What if I told you at the beginning of the season when we were doing the win total proje- projections that Nick Lodolo, tennis starts under his belt, Green gets hurt, Ashcraft has a near five ERA, and Jonathan India completely falls below expectations. Would we have gone under or we, would we have gone over? We probably would have gone under. And look at what they did. And Stevenson stunk. If you told me Tyler Stevenson was going to stink as well, yep. I'm like, yeah. Good point. Yeah, I kind of forgot about Tyler Stevenson because he was that bad. I was at the end of the season being like, this guy should not be in the lineup at all, right? How about like Luke Maley hitting home runs? What's going on there, Yeah, right? Like they got production from like every corner. TJ Friedel getting an MVP vote. Jake Fraley, how about it? CES, Matt McClain was such a beast. Andrew Abbott just shoving his you-know-what in the other team's you-know-what. Great year. So much fun. Like, at the end of the season, like, Reds fans got a little fat and happy there, right? Did you see that kind of discourse on the internet? Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? It's like, holy shit, you guys just outperformed every expectation that you had from the beginning of the season. And now you're getting all these guys back. If you're a Reds fan... You just keep killing it in every trade that you do, and you're just building. You're building. You're a sleeping giant there, Reds. I'm fired up for you, fired up for the season. So much fun to watch Reds baseball, and that tiny ballpark game's ended 9-6. Great baseball, so much fun. Reds fans should be over the moon for the season because you were supposed to win like 67 games if you went over. Not this many, right? You weren't supposed to go 82-80. and You weren't supposed to have a positive record. Your win total was 65 and a half. Now they got a little lucky. You flip those one run games. There are 77 and 85 ball club, but who cares? You had the bullpen, right? There was guys at the back end on top of Alexis Diaz that were excellent. Fun year. Shane Bieber is going to be a Cincinnati red. Yeah. I don't know if I want Shane Bieber. I want Shane Bieber. I think the reds need a veteran top flight starting pitcher. I don't know if the talent backs up top flight anymore, but Shane Bieber has been one of the best in baseball for several years. At would this be a point. great teacher. Would be so good for those, for he's, that organization too. He's clearly one of the smartest pitchers we've got in the game. And you no don't doubt. need to talk to him to learn that. Just watch him pitch. And it's like, wow, you're smarter than the opposing hitters. Like I think that 90, guy. 89 and like blowing it by guys. And it's like, wait, how? It's exactly. Like, he's smarter than you. I think that guy for Lodolo, Green, and Ashcraft and Abbott would be so big. Yeah. Even if he pitches like high threes next year, right? Makes 25 starts. The lessons that, like, I bet when we're talking to Hunter Green at the All-Star game in three years, and they already had Shane Bieber, he's going to mention something that Bieber told him. Lodolo, Ashcraft, Abbott, they're going to be like, well, remember a couple years ago when we had Bieber? He taught me all these different things. That's I can already see that con like that press conference coming in a couple of years. Be a and, great fit. And I don't know if Beaver wants to be a teacher yet in his career. I think that he can be. Um, I think that he can be a top ten pitcher in the National League. Hmm. I don't know, but again, I've doubted him before, and he has performed. So I think it's a stretch, but. You never know with Bieber. I'm going to name arms, and I want you to tell me where Bieber slides in. I'm just going to go by ERA in the National League. Okay? Okay. Uh, National League this year, ERA. Okay, Snell, Bieber. Or, uh, Snell's better. Sanga, Sanga's better. Steel, I'll take Steel. Webb, I'll take Webb. Let's, let's throw Gallon and Kelly. No doubt. I'll take Gallon. Are you taking Merrill Kelly over Shane Bieber? 
Okay. Sounds crazy, but yes. Corbin Burns. Yes. Wheeler. Yes. Nola. Yes. Strider. Yes. Okay. Keller or Bieber. Keller. Wow. All right. You're pretty. I take Freed too. I'd take Bueller. Bueller. I'd take who else? Just off the top of my head. Quantrill. Darvish. <laughs> Darvish. No, I would rather have Bieber. Musgrove uh, or Bieber. I think I'd Musgrove rather Musgrove when he's on. Musgrove when he's on for sure. Okay, so maybe he's not a top ten pitcher in the National League. I'd rather have Sonny Gray. I'd rather have Sonny Gray. Yep. Like, yeah, like not top ten. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrong indeed. No, but but then at the same time, would we be surprised if he puts up a three two ERA next year? No. So. Yeah. But then in Great American Ballpark, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. I do think that they are going to get a marquee starting pitcher, and I think that Bieber is the best fit. Absolutely, couldn't agree with you more. Pittsburgh to wrap. I was the only one. Pirates, 67 and a half. You and Aram had under 67 and a half. I had the over 67 and a half. They were nine wins better than that at 76. I'm so disappointed in myself. What am I doing? Why did I do that? Two and uh, no, you're three and seven through your Are you sure you are lying? I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Yeah, fuck me, whatever. And I didn't just pick the Pirates because I work for the AAA affiliate. I picked the yeah, Pirates. You did. Because, yeah, there it is. Yes, you did. That's think about think about fight. the youth infusion that Pittsburgh just had. Reynolds held, you know, his, his end of the bargain. McCutcheon, for the most part, held his end of the bargain. Sawinski was way better than I was expecting him to be. Sawinski was a, a nuke guy, like crazy. He the was one, a nuke guy. <laughs> <laughs> the one that jumped out to me. Bednar's continued excellence. He's so good. And then Keller and Oviedo up top. Oviedo walked a bunch of guys, but Johan Oviedo gave them, what, 160 innings? Yeah. And Keller was awesome this year. Keller was an all-star. Those two guys fronting that rotation and then figuring it out elsewhere, even though Rowanzi Contreras really disappointed Quinn Priester in his first taste of big league ball, unfortunately was disappointing. I think he's, he's going to bounce back just fine. Um, Luis Ortiz was disappointing as well. I thought the, the youth infusion in the offense with a Triolo, with an Endy, with a Henry Davis, a, and then those two front guys getting the ball to Bednar was the reason they went over. I think the reason they went over was Connor Joe. Sure. No, I thought G1 Bay was fun. Um, you know, Henry Davis showed that he can be, you know, it, that he's Bay no bust as a first of, overall pick. Yeah, Bay was a source of frustration, I know, for a lot of Pirates fans, but Henry Davis yeah. was interesting. And and Davis's transition to playing right field full-time, I thought was best. And I know that Charrington has said that Davis is going to enter next spring training as a catcher. I don't agree with that. Why not just agree. have Andy Rodriguez as the full-time catcher and move Henry no, Davis to right field? Note they did this without O'Neill Cruz for pretty much the entire year. Do you think he's ever going to play a full year? And that's not me like hoping do. he does. And that is me hoping he does and asking a guy who obviously is well connected with the Pirates. Like it's just that was a freak injury. That was really freaky. He slid into Sebi Zavala's newest uh, newest Diamondback. No, newest Mariner. Sebi Zavala. What is this six seven guy going to have these freak type injuries every year? I don't think so. How I don't can think it's not with bad. every other behemoth like him consistently injured. I mean, what's but, the story of Stan? They're all what's tweaks. The story of Judge. They're they're all tweaks. Like my thing is, O'Neill Cruz shattered his ankle on a collision at the plate. But then next year, right, he takes a big swing and he's out for a month with an oblique thing, and then he's running fifty miles an hour to third, and like he tweaks a hammy. We'll see. It just. I hope not. I hope he's in the game. Um, but it's so funny for Thanksgiving, you know, my girlfriend's from um, Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of Pirates fans, which I was like, this is awesome. I never get to be like at a full Thanksgiving. And then, you know, you do the classic. Did you not know they Wednesday were real? Bar. <laughs> yeah. No, no, of course I do. They were real. But just being in the same room as a with a group that's all Pirates fans and, 
You know, they're complaining about ownership. They're excited about a couple of players. They're like, who are we going to get? Where are we going to go? And I said overall that I'm excited for the Pirates, right? We like the farm system. We know that Ben Charrington's not a moron, like the type of people that have been running the Pirates for a long time, that as soon as they get a Garrett Cole, as soon as they get a Tyler Glass now, they're gone, right? I don't think they have to worry about that with Mitch Keller. Like, he's going to stay, right? But overall, like, I also thought that the bullpen uh, outside of Bednar was solid, like, right? We liked Holderman. You know, Baruki was good, right? Jordan Moretta, Carmen. There's a couple of guys back there who were pretty good. Say his uh, last name, man. Majinski. Okay. Come on. Majinski. Majinski's know. sweeper was nuts. Dowry Moretta had that wrong way slider, which is just something I can't comprehend. Holderman was good in spurts, too. So, um, yeah, there, were, there was a lot of positive going on with the Pirates. I think that overall Pirates fans were happy with what came about in the 2023 season. Add Paul Skeens to the fold in 2024, and, and you've got something really special cooking. And y- they're going to enter – 2024 let me let me pull up their projected rotation i'm just going to factor skeins in because i think it's a matter of a couple starts and not several starts before he's up there but as of right now their 2024 opening day rotation looks like keller priester roancy Contreras, luis ortiz and bailey falter slash paul skeins slash max Kranick. i really don't not like that you don't not like that. What do you mean? <laughs> Means I've seen all these guys. I like all these guys. Um, I wonder how Priester is going to fare in an entire full season at the big league level. I wonder what 2024 Rowan Contreras looks like if he looks rejuvenated. I wonder what 2024 Luis Ortiz looks like. But there's intrigue with every single spot. I no don't doubt. know if they're going to be great but I know that there's intrigue. So that's why I didn't say I like it because I don't know about the results. I can't guarantee that at worst, they're going to be a four. I don't not like it. I know what you're saying. There's a lot of upside here. There's a lot of guys who nobody's ever heard of that could be threes that have number two type potentials. But the problem is the reason you say you don't not like it is because a lot of those guys could spend the year in the minors when they never figure it out. I was really, really excited for the front three of Oviedo, Skeens, and, and Keller. Keller. Not in that order, obviously. It would be Keller, Oviedo, Skeens. I, I think it would be Keller, Skeens, Oviedo. It might be. But Oviedo obviously going down with Tommy John is such a stinker because of the type of season that he had, the stuff that he showed that was a guy that you can build around in your rotation. Great live arm. Then you got Keller just being as dominant as ever, especially towards the back half of the season and the front half of the season. He went through a little bit of a lull, you know, in the dog days, but ended the season on a really high note. And then you have Paul Skeens just throwing a hundred billion miles an hour. So you have those guys. And then you have the, you know, the falters, the priesters, the Rowanses, the, you know, couple other of these guys that, if one of them hits, you got a great rotation, right? But instead, now you need like two or three of them to hit, and you need Paul Skeens to hit the ground running. It's a lot to ask, but there's upside there. There's a lot you can dream on, and you still got Brian Reynolds. Still got Sawinski. Still got Brian Hayes, right? You got Andy Rodriguez coming up. You got Henry Davis coming up. They have more hitters in the pipe, and that's not even mentioning O'Neill Cruz. It's an exciting team next year. I don't know where they're going to finish, but they're not going to be a bottom feeder next year. That's it. That's it. Did we do enough on the central? How long have we been talking? I think we did enough on the central. I think we've been talking for about an hour. Who's one player in the central that we haven't mentioned that you want to talk about? Anybody? (laughs) Nobody. We're good. We've been talking for an hour, man. All right, fine. I love the central. It's so shitty and awesome and terrible and great at the same time. There's so much intrigue here. It's such an interesting division. I get it. Plug the merch. <laughs> All right. Go get yourself some just baseball merch, people. It's in the episode description. And I'm not saying you hate us if you don't get any, but it's clear you don't like us. I'm just kidding. If you don't want to spend a dime, we totally understand. If you could rate and review, it's free. 
five stars, Apple, Spotify. We'd really, really appreciate it. How about subscribing on YouTube? I mean, why not? What are you doing? Just subscribe on YouTube. We have so much short form content coming out. It's awesome. All of it. Not one bad take ever, except preseason, which right. it's tough by me, mostly not Jack. <laughs> really are just me, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, how did Arm do on the central? Uh, Arm did fine on the central. Arm got St. Louis wrong, but he got Milwaukee right. He got the Cubs wrong. He got Cincinnati right. And he got Pittsburgh wrong. So he was two and three. Was I also two and three? Uh, were you one and four? <laughs> no, you were two and three. You were two and two three. Two and three. Two and three. Fall league, a one and four. Hopefully a better of the West. Probably yeah. not, but yeah. we'll get there on Friday. And then we'll do the American League the next week. Uh, we got a lot of content. Again, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Sure. We'll be back on Friday. That's Jack. I'm Peter. And with that, thank you, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.